this is the Pie Boy Podcast. Hey, what's up? It's Sparky from the Pie Boy Podcast. And I got a special segment for you today. Today is all about a musical journey through time. I'm taking you on a field trip uh, through music, local history, through the lens of my mom's infamous concert stub collection. Concert that she has gone to locally in the Northwest. So check it out. A lot of the music is classic rock, and classic rock is a music that has been passed down kind of like a tradition. Uh, All these different artists are such great storytellers and writers and musicians and just had crazy good sound. And I love that my mom had these connections, deep connections to these artists. And I love that she shared this music with me. And I feel a lot of pride in having these tickets, these little nuggets of history and meaning. Uh, Classic rock locally has always come through 92.3 KGON for me. That's a staple, an institution, if you will. I grew up listening to Marty Party and Iris and Block Party Weekends with a lot of the artists I'm going to talk about. And another special thing about KGON with these tickets, a lot of them came from concerts that they presented, but also they did these sneak preview type concerts where they have rising stars and it literally was called to catch a rising star. And a lot of these concerts were like 92 cents famously and my mom went to a lot of them this was in the 70s and the 80s which is concert folklore concert history gold so many bands and artists cross paths um, during this time which have influenced so many artists today and it's cool to make those connections and go back and explore those types of things and have the opportunity to pass on some kind of history through my mom's collection. Very cool. So first one that we see, we'll try to keep this thing from going off the rails. First one that I see is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Long After Dark, American Tour, 1983. It looks like a backstage pass. It's about the size of a a playing card. It's yellow. Um, it has the Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers logo at the time. It's kind of funny looking. But it has this quote that says, let that sucker blast. And then it's signed in Sharpie port number two. And then it says at the bottom, typed guest slash cheese. I don't know what that means, but that's hilarious. And very cool ticket stub. Uh, speaking of Tom Petty, I brought that one up first because Tom Petty was such a big uh, part of my mom's story and, and my story. She loved Tom Petty. That was her favorite. And 
and it's so sad to think that he's gone now pretty freaking early, and I still feel heartbroken over it, and I know she does too. It was a really sad day finding that out. I was a soon teacher at that point in my career, and I remember going to school, and the other teacher that I worked with was like sad, and all the other teachers were sad, and a lot of kids didn't know Tom Petty. So like what helped me get through was talking to the kids about this artist and them having questions and them realizing who like the influences some of them and some just learning for the first time. It was fun to share that. It was fun to have the opportunity to do that. And I'm thankful, even though it's sad that he's gone, but his music will live on forever. It's pretty magical. Um, it makes me think of like why we love music and like why this kind of music, old music, sticks around. It's because it's like a time machine. And I think Eminem said that in a song. Music is a time machine and it takes you back to a certain time. And you can learn so much about the times through music. Oh, another band uh, to pay tribute to that's on here is Van Halen. There's at least three Van Halen ticket stubs on here from the early 80s, uh, maybe even late 70s. Very cool. And I have to shout out to the guitar legend, Eddie Van Halen. It must have been something else to see them live or see him along with Diamond Dave. I know Van Halen was special to my mom. It was also special to my dad. Basically, his whole flag football um, highlights and videos and story in the 80s and the 90s could be fueled by, or um, not fueled by, but have Van Halen as a soundtrack. Jamie's Crying was a huge one for them. Myself, I like uh, Unchained. I like uh, The Cradle Will Rock, Running with the Devil, stuff like that. So I can't imagine what it was like seeing them. Back to Tom Petty. Another cool ticket stub that's on here is a Tecate Beer uh, concert with Tom Petty. Uh, it looks like it... Where was it? It doesn't even say where it was, but... Oh yeah, it does. At the Paramount Theater. April 9th. There's no date. I'm assuming this is 80s. Then ne right next to it, there's a Tom Petty with Bob Dylan at the Civic Stadium. Civic Stadium is where the Beavers used to play. Where I'm sad. I'm still sad that they're not around. Uh, it's what, like, Jen Weld and all the stuff with the the Timbers, like that stadium, that was Civic Stadium at one point. That's where Portland State play, played famously. It's where a lot of the high school championship games were played. My dad actually played eighth grade championship, state championship at Civic Stadium. And he used to always tell that story and how one of his buddies forgot their gear and they had to like tape them all up with some makeshift gear so they could play. Sad story. But to see Bob Dylan, who I read about this summer more, I knew about Bob Dylan. I've watched a little bit of stuff, and he's connected to so many artists, so you learn through that. 
I actually read his book Chronicles of Summer and it blew my mind to learn about his early days of music and later days but just different stories from his crazy perspective and and I watched uh, a documentary that was like six hours long it took me a couple weeks to watch it can't remember what it was about but or what it was called but it was about that same time Chronicles was happening and it was really cool to learn about him and also Tom Petty being connected through that and people reading that. Um, who else is on here? I think there's at least one other Bob Dylan, speaking of that artist. We got Fleetwood Mac for at least four. I know some of them are scattered, they're not all grouped together. But the best one, I think, is the uh, Tusk 1980. It's a stage pass, and it's this cool, like, holographic photo of the band. And it's orange and white. It's got a weird penguin bowing uh, little graphic on it, too. It's strange, but it would have been a great concert, I'm sure. Uh, I spotted the Doobie Brothers in 1977. There's that other Van Halen. It doesn't have any uh, date information on it. A couple of bands, right next to that, there's a couple bands on here that I've heard other people talk about on podcasts, like Joey Diaz and um, uh, what's his other buddy? Joey Diaz talked about it. Maybe Joe Rogan. Um but I can't think of the other guy right now. But Boomtown Rats is one that they've mentioned. Dean Del Rey is the guy I'm thinking of. So much good knowledge about music and influences and history, stuff like this. I feel like this would be right up his alley, what I'm doing. But they've talked about Angel City before. I don't know much about that band. Uh, the Outlaws, who was that? Boomtown Rats already said that. Angel City, Shooting Star, that's the other one. Like, who, who's that? Who's Shooting Star? I don't know anything about those bands. They're so old to me. I gotta do some research and investigation. Journey. Uh, there's a half of a playing card, a jack, a diamond of... Or, Jack of Diamonds, excuse me, and on it is a little piece of a ticket with not a lot of information. This is 1983, and it says Chuck. The only Chuck I can think of is Chuck Berry, so if they saw Chuck Berry, that's pretty cool. And then Johnny, L-I-M, Johnny Lim, I don't know who it could have been. August 5th, 1983, KGW Radio and... The rest is cut off, presents this. Interesting. Pat Benatar just popped up August 19th, 1980. Uh, Pat Benatar is one that Joey Diaz has talked about a lot. But I have known who Pat Benatar is for a long time because of the radio and because of my parents having KGON on which for the longest time I thought KGON and classic rock was the only music, which is funny to think, but I did think that when I was very little and unaware of a lot in the world. 
another interesting one, Devo. So I had a friend come and jam with me once and he spotted that and he thought that was so cool that my mom actually saw Devo. And that's at the Paramount Theater. And I don't see a year, but you can only imagine that sometime in the 80s. Very cool. Oh, back to the Catch a Rising Star concert series. There's one on here that really makes me jealous, but also like really happy for my mom to have experienced this. So KGON invites you, 1978, February 11th, uh, Catch a Rising Star with Elvis Costello and Talking Heads. I don't know much about Elvis Costello, but the Talking Heads, that would have been a money concert. I'm so influenced by David Byrne, and uh, I love the songs like Take Me to the River, Life in Wartime. Um, I can't think of a lot of them right now, but such a influential band, such a cool band. My buddy Lumpy loved Life in Wartime. He'd play that song all the time. He loved the Talking Heads. And we would listen to it sometimes. And I would definitely trade some of my concert experiences that have gone to that concert. That's one. I've heard rumors that maybe they'll get back together or something, but who knows? Who knows? David Byrne was on SNL recently too, and it was such a cool experience to see him play live. I don't I think I had even looked him up on YouTube. Like I'd seen all the old stuff of them with the talking heads, like 80s stuff, 70s even. But it was cool to see him actually live. Jay Giles band is on here twice. 1980. Um, Mar oh, actually, it's the same ticket, just two different spots. Look at me. Uh, March 28th, 1980. At the Paramount. A lot of these are at the Paramount. Or the Coliseum, where the Blazers used to play. Once upon a time before, it was the Rose Quarter, Rose Garden, when I was a little boy. And then became other things. The Moda Center. Uh, let's see. Willie Nelson. Classic. That's the cool thing with my mom. She liked country music, like old country, like Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, and uh, Patsy Cline, and newer country, like Dwight Yoakam, and people like that. And seeing Willie Nelson must have been a pretty cool thing. Uh, July 17th, 1985. Um, I know she had seen him a couple other times later after that, but to see him when he was younger and still, like, I know he still kicks ass and plays and has played, maybe not during COVID, but I know he's an OG and that I wish I could have seen that. All right, another cool place to see a concert from the looks of it, from a lot of these tickets, was the Kingdom. So the Kingdom is where... The Sonics used to play up until 1985 in Seattle. The Seahawks used to play there, and the Mariners used to play there. It was close. I think it was done like completely in 2000, but the Kingdom was 
I guess, a cool place because this ticket I'm looking at, July 17th, 1977, Led Zeppelin. Of all the concerts on there, I think that's the one, if I could time travel, I'd go back to. I'd go with my mom or something, or just go and try to avoid my mom. I don't know if that messes up history. I think that's the premise from The Terminator, but nonetheless, I had actually seen Michael Jordan play at Key Arena, where the Sonics moved to, eventually during the finals in the 90s, and I would trade that experience to go to Led Zeppelin at the Kingdom in the 70s, straight up. Another from the Kingdom uh, was the Rolling Stones, 1981, October 14th, uh, 100 level, $16, wow, and it's kind of a Rasta colored, Jamaican flag colored, very cool. There's an, uh, the second part of it is just below it. It's very cool. It's in pretty good condition. Oh, where do we go from there? Oh, just above that, Loverboy. So the story of Loverboy is that they're somehow connected to my family. Somebody met them at the coast or somebody met them backstage, made friends with them somehow, and this isn't even a ticket. It's just a piece of white paper, square paper, with the Loverboy stamp, and then the number 139 written in Sharpie, and then it looks like, like a kiss or something like that, or makeup smeared on it. Who knows? It looks maybe a backstage pass, but then there's also a Loverboy uh, actual ticket from 1981. And it's KGN and Albatross Productions welcomes Loverboy to the Paramount Theater, February 6, 1981. That's another more like a newer band back to like Devo, more of like a cutting edge band. But you know those two bands influence a lot of the bands from today and like 90s, 2000s push music forward. In many ways, I can't speak to it completely, but I know that there's something there. But it's cool that my mom saw them and had some kind of connection. I uh, see Sammy Hagar on here a couple times. Um, I always think of Joe Dirt talking about Van Halen and not Van Hagar. Uh, cause I don't know. Van Halen is different with Sammy Hagar. I won't say it's worse or better. I'll just say it's different. They went a different direction. They are being experimental. Good for them. You should enjoy it either way. Uh, it looks like my mom did. That's awesome. All right, another band that appears a few times on here, and I'll try to wrap it up. Uh, ACDC. So there's an ACDC and Cheap Trick, August 31st, 1978. Boom. Bon Scott. That's pretty cool to see the original lineup and see Cheap Trick, even though they have like one song, uh, God bless them, that gets played all the freaking time. I want you to want me, probably not saying the right name, but you know the song I'm talking about. Great when you first hear it as a kid, but then as you get to be 30 something, you've been hearing it for over 20 years, it's vintage now. 
it gets a little silly. But I would have stick it, stuck it out to see ACDC live, so good on my mom. Another one, ACDC the film, Let There Be Rock, Bon Scott, Angus Young. Looks like a good time. December 27th, Merry Christmas. Looks like it was a Christmas gift. Five bucks. <laughs> Crazy. Um, this one is another uh, KGON 92.3, Sebastian Presents. Ooh, Nazareth is right next door. Oh, wow. I almost forgot one of two of the craziest ones on here. So, November 27th, 1976, so right around this time, in 1976, my family, the Kraft family, Gramps, Graham, Antino, Antina, Uncle Scooter, and my mom went to see Elvis at Matt Court in Eugene for twelve fifty. Wow, Elvis, the king of rock and roll. Some people say he stole rock and roll. I don't know. I think he just stole a lot of hearts. And the dude could play. Dude could sing. Uh, what a cool experience. I know Sarah's mom, my wife's mom, had, had gone and seen the Beatles. And that blew her mind in the 60s. And I can't imagine, I feel like this is a similar experience to see Elvis for my family. Also, it makes me think of back to Tom Petty and make a full circle here. Tom Petty. Met Elvis when he was a little boy. His uncle at the time when they were living in Florida worked on the movies, worked on the set of movies. And Elvis was made, was making a lot of movies at this time when Tom Petty was a little boy, uh, 50s. And one day Tom got to go to the set and he got to meet Elvis and he was completely starstruck. And this isn't a documentary. This isn't my story. I'm just, it's related. And he said that, like, just did it for him. He wanted to be a rock star. He wanted to be, he wanted to be like that. He just wanted to do that. He wanted to play music. He wanted to do that somehow. Very cool. I wish I knew how all of my family felt. I know my mom was stoked. I know, I'm pretty sure Grandpa talked about it at one point, but Graham's definitely, like, still head over heels. The last... Last but not least, Queen. September 2nd, 1982. What an experience to see the legend and the legendary sound of Queen. Freddie Mercury. He had to have been some kind of hero to my mom and to my family and so many other people. Such good music. I know my dad loved Queen too soundtrack to their life all this music soundtrack to their life and now passed on to me as a tradition soundtrack to my life one time a <laughs> caveat off the queen somebody one time i grew a mustache uh, when i was still uh, just dating my wife before we got married and we went to Hawthorne Boulevard in Portland, which is always weird. South Easy, the Southeast Beast. I get out, and this panhandler dude was like, Yo, Freddie Mercury, what's up, dog? 
and I had laughed so I couldn't even respond. Like this guy got me off guard so hard, but I kind of looked like him. It's I'm not bragging or anything. It was just a fun experience. I'll never forget that. Um, I'll never forget how Queen has always made me feel. Uh, so many, so many memories, and it always makes me think of my mom, but also makes me think of my dad. Known about Queen, basically my whole waking life. So with that being said, I uh, I invite you to go check out more about these artists I was talking about. Look up the history of the kingdom, the Paramount, the Colosseum, all that stuff. And then enjoy music whatever way you can and go and look at old music if you never really have. Dive into it. You're going to make some cool connections. Till next time, happy hunting.